Hey beautiful soul, this is the Menopause Coach Podcast with me, your host, Adele Johnston. I'm helping you create a vibrant life of joy and happiness without your menopause stealing your personal power and sass. Together, we're making menopause mainstream. So I don't want to scare you with this, so please know it's not that menopause equals dementia or Alzheimer's, but what we do need to acknowledge is that this is the fact that Alzheimer's disease occurs with alterations in the brain and it can take decades to form prior to any symptoms being realised, felt or seen. So for women, that stage is in menopause years. We're talking World Menopause Awareness Day this week and I'm so grateful that you've tuned into another episode with me to cover the theme of this year which is cognition and mood. Stick with me till the end as I have an invitation for you for it being World Menopause Awareness Week. So if we start by going inside the world of menopause changes to the brain and I'll explain a bit about what happens and why it happens then I'll share some easy steps for you to follow to support your own brain health and cognitive sharpness and happiness for your menopause journey. Now, what I want to start with is a big, bold statement that in life, not just in menopause, having a healthy brain is the key to a happy and more fulfilled life. So mental illness, as we know it, it's one of these, well, diseases of the brain, right? Some of the biggest killers actually in our planet right now are around mental illness and disease at this present time around our entire world, which is really sad. And we're just not aware of how to help our brain thrive and not just survive during this time. So we're wide open to that risk when we enter into perimenopause and the changes to our hormonal profiling this too has a significant and direct impact on our brain. Women are super powerful, all right? I've been saying this for many, many decades now, but we are super powerful beings and we're super connected. And that's not just the feminist inside me saying that, ladies. It is also the facts. So women's brains do differ a bit from men's brains in many, many aspects, to be fair. An example of this would be that women are more likely than men to be diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. We are more likely to suffer from things such as headaches and migraines. A lot of you listening to this just now in your perimenopause journey will be absolutely aware and attuned to that, I'm sure. And we're more likely to develop Alzheimer's disease. A fact around this is that for every man, there's two women that are suffering from this disease. So women's brains do age a bit differently. And in menopause, this can be a really core cause, a causality around the impacts of the aging of the brain. So menopause causing impacts wider than we probably even realise, ladies. And because our hormones start declining during our perimenopause, our brain takes a direct blow from that. And where there are oestrogen receptors inside and all over our brain, These receptors are then impacted as they start to lack in receiving the oestrogen that they require for full power functionality. We can then go through an onset of symptoms and these symptoms can be vasomotor symptoms like flushes or sweating. We can experience things like memory loss or disruption. We can have word loss. That was one of mine. 
emotional dysregulation and these symptoms start in the brain in a kind of neurological fashion and our brain and ovaries are part of what's known as our neuroendocrine system. Pretty funky, right? The brain and the ovaries basically communicate via this system every single day. Okay, our body is not made up of separate entities. Our body is one massive cellular connection and network. And within that neuroendocrine system where the brain and the ovaries communicate, this is a massive link between what's important and our estrogen being one of those core important factors to the brain functioning well and the ovaries. So estradiol, if we think about this word, you'll be thinking, wait a minute, you've just said estrogen. Why are we now jumping to estradiol? Well, when we look at the word estrogen, it's actually plural. Estrogen stands, well, maybe if we say estrogens, but it is estrogen. There are multiple estrogens inside that one word. But if we break it out and say, what I'm going to refer to today is your estradiol or estradiol, however you want to pronounce it. E2 for short in the medical world. So if you ever see this written on any of your blood tests, then you know that that is your estradiol or estradiol. This is your queen bee of your estrogen hormone. And it's key for energy production in the brain and As this declines through perimenopause, if we think back to previous episodes, for those of you that follow me across social media, you'll be all too familiar, especially if you've done any of the trainings or the lessons that I teach. And if you've gone through our menopause support coach certification already, our MSCC, you'll be fully, fully aware of what all of this means. You are already ahead of me, right? You're keeping up. It's amazing. So estradiol, key for energy production in the brain. And as this declines over time during perimenopause, slowly for some women, super rapidly for others and everything in between for the rest, then that estradiol is so key, I can't even stress enough how key it is within our body, that we start to experience an onset of variance and symptoms. Now, if we go back to the word estrogen, okay, what estrogen does within our body is it pushes glucose to the brain. And that's what makes energy. When estrogen pushes glucose into the brain to make energy, that's when we feel, we feel funky. We feel super energized. We are like, yes, I'm on top of the world. I am me today. So when estradiol, this is part of your estrogen, starts to drop, the brain energy starts to drop. And all of a sudden, we start to become a lot more tired, fatigued. We might find that we do become a bit forgetful or a bit emotional. And there's a reason for all of that. It's not just because the glucose is not being pushed through the estrogen to your brain. That's one part of it. That's a a key part of it, really. But let's dive into this a little bit further because I want to explain why we understand that this happens. So if we look at some studies that have been done, We know that studies have shown, according to a neuroscientist and active menopause brain researcher, Dr. Lisa Mosconi, some of you will already be familiar with her. Those of you that are not, please do get familiar with her. She is phenomenal and leading the way inside research of female brains during menopause at this time and the link to some degenerative disease um, suspected to be caused by menopause. So, What Dr. Lisa Musconi advises here is that as we start to enter into menopause, we can have a slowdown of amyloid plaques in the brain. And as I quote Dr. Lisa Musconi, these plaques 
are a hallmark of Alzheimer's disease. When we start to think about, well, wait a minute, does this mean that when I go to menopause, I'm going to directly be impacted and equal having an impact to my health and my brain? And is Alzheimer's going to be a problem? And we start to get ourselves into this whole big tizzy and we start to think, well, what does it mean? What does this actually mean? So although studies have shown that amyloid plaques in the brain can be impacted and that this can have Um, quoting Lisa Moscone, a hallmark of Alzheimer's disease, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to get it. And I'll explain that in just a few moments time. But what I want to touch on is why is it that we then have things like flushing and sweats? And it's such a good question that I get asked now and again, not all the time, but now and again, why? Why am I having these sweats and flushes? If we cover the facts around the brain, as the brain loses estradiol, the functionality of the brain and the ovaries in their communication system is impacted and then the brain connections change, they age and they slow. This is also true for the part of the brain known as the hypothalamus. Okay, this is in charge of controlling your body temperature, the hypothalamus. And when estrogen doesn't work properly, when we're losing it, when it's dropping, it can trigger the part of that brain, but not properly. So as estradiol stores start dropping, the brain cannot control the body temperature properly. Another part of the brain that's impacted is the brain stem. Okay, this is also directly impacted by lowering estrogen levels. And basically when this is not activated properly or efficiently, your sleep is impacted. Your ability to feel calm and rested is impacted. And that's also the case for our amygdala. So this is our emotional centre of our brain. And we all know how that goes when this part of the brain is missing the good estrogen, the estradiol. Our ability to moderate and control our emotional state can be challenged, can be challenging. And all of a sudden we're crying, we're shouting, we're road raging, we're in deep anger inside and we just can't control it. And it's not nice, it's scary. And when you're not this person, it's worrying, which can lead to anxiety and sadness. So there's this snowball effect of what can be caused here. The amygdala is so close to the memory centre of your brain too, the hippocampus. And when the estradiol levels drop like that, this can create things like forgetfulness. So all of these parts of the brain are super connected, they're linked, they're close by one another, and they all have direct impacts when your estradiol levels start to drop in your perimenopause. Now, there is such a thing called a PET scan. And when we look at this scan, But if you head over to my Instagram grid, I have put up an image of this. So a PET scan looks at the brain energy levels. And you'll see this in terms of almost like a a rag status, a red, amber, green with a a sliding scale of colour. And it's really cool. It's a really cool study that's been conducted with a woman throughout her pre-menopause years into her peri, her menopause and her post-menopause years. I think what's really important about this is understanding that we're actually getting a lot more women's research funded now, which is super exciting indeed. And part of Dr. Lisa Moscone's work is going deeper into this. So head over to my Instagram and take a look at some of the shares on there that I've put up for you, directly linked to the PET scan that I'm addressing. And this is part of Lisa Moscone's work. So what you can see in the nice bright colours, if you've had a look at that, if not, then have a look at the end is what we basically want to see is the healthy brain part, which is all nice bright colours, nice bright yellow, 
But after menopause, we can see the bright yellow goes down and it drops by around about 30 to 40 percent. That is your brain's energy levels. Now, please don't panic and think, oh, holy Lord above, I'm going to be 40 percent less cognitively sharp. Some of this research actually came back to show us that it's not our sharpness that goes. We are still sharp tacks, powerful, powerful women. We just get really tired. We get fatigued. We're maybe not as quick with the things that we're doing. We maybe do get a bit forgetful, but our sharpness in terms of our cognitive function, when it comes to things like if we think about running our business or our careers, we're still able to keep up. So powerful, powerful women. So yes, we note that there is a drop and a decline during menopause in the brain activity and energy levels, and this is regardless of age. So please do not be thinking, but I'm only in my 20s or I'm only in my 30s or my 40s. Regardless of age, ladies, if you are entering into perimenopause, your brain is entering into this decline. Okay, it's it's part of hormonal aging. It's not part of age. So you aren't going crazy. I want to just make this clear, super abundantly clear, actually, that you're not going crazy if you're forgetting words. One of the words I used to forget a lot during my own early perimenopause years was the word and. I used to think, oh my Lord, my granny actually passed from Alzheimer's dementia. She developed dementia and it was the saddest thing I've ever witnessed. So it is a very big health anxiety for me that I may develop it. And when I started forgetting words and names and numbers that had always been there, it became very frightening. But I'm not crazy. Neither are you. We're not broken, ladies. I'm not broken. You're not broken. Your brain is just in a state of SOS and it's transitioning through your menopause years. Okay, we might be tired, but we're just as sharp. So yes, watch out, men. So what I want to do is just dive a little bit deeper into the brain itself. Okay, I find this super fascinating. One disclaimer, I am not a neuroscientist. I am sharing with you what I have read and what I've digested over my years of reading and researching. And I'm also not a PhD professor or researcher. I am someone who just has a very, very big interest in this side of things because of what my granny did go through. Where we look at amyloid plaques, remember we talked at the start about this and it can trigger the onset of Alzheimer's. Okay, but not all women will develop these plaques and not all that develop the plaques will develop Alzheimer's or dementia. Super important to know this. You are individual, you are beautifully so and unique. So I don't want to scare you with this. So please know it's not that menopause equals dementia or Alzheimer's. But what we do need to acknowledge is that this is the fact that Alzheimer's disease occurs with alterations in the brain and it can take decades to form prior to any symptoms being realized, felt or seen. So for women, that stage is in menopause years. And this is where we get to take charge of this stage of our life and look at how we ensure we're caring for ourselves and our brains so much better. Because it's during these phases of life, ladies, that the brain is going through the alterations and the changes that it needs you the most. You must show up for it. So we need to talk about this and we need to be clear and aware It's in that awareness that we get to make and take better choices for our own brain protection and health, okay? Dementia and Alzheimer's does not happen overnight. It takes decades and decades to form. So protecting us and our brains is vital. If we talk about things like hormone replacement therapies or menopause hormone therapies, it can be helpful to lift a lot of your symptoms in menopause. And of course, we know current research 
is being funded to look at the links between Alzheimer's prevention and HRT use. We've got no solid evidence of that yet, but the studies are still very, very early. In fact, I believe from speaking with Dr. Lisa Moscone via social media messages that these studies just funded probably in the last 18 months or so. So we're a good few years away from any solid evidence being realised and being shared, but we are seeing very, very promising and very inviting research outcomes to date. What I want to do with this is I want to talk you through what you can do, okay? Whatever you're taking away from this first part of the episode, and I want to jump into, but what can we do, Adele? What can we actually do to support our brains and our bodies? I want to talk you through some different factors, and these factors are not going to be anything new, okay? You're not going to be like, oh my gosh, yeah, I need to go and buy that. This is not what this is about. This is about your lifestyle. This is about your nutrition, your sleep, and your stress levels. And I'm, I'm going to talk about what these impacts have on your hormones. Let's look at food first. Let's look at nutrition first. We appreciate and understand that, especially within menopause, the Mediterranean diet strategy in particular is super supportive of women's health in general. We have lower cognitive decline. We notice through this dietary intake that there are lower instances of stroke and heart disease and lower instances of the vasomotor symptoms, your flushes and your sweats. And this is predominantly down to a fact that we can't just say it's one food. Okay, so I'm not going to say to you, you must just eat this and all of that will change. It's actually about the strategy behind the Mediterranean lifestyle. Okay, so I'm not even saying the word diet there. Lifestyle. Okay, if you're unfamiliar with it, please go and take a look. Just jump on Google, type in Mediterranean lifestyle and it will come up and you will just be like, oh, see what she means. If you look at the structure of the pyramid, on the base level of that pyramid, you have got things like social and connection, being around others, because that helps us to release chemicals and hormones such as oxytocin, our love hormone and connection, GABA, serotonin, all these amazing endorphins, okay? So before we've even put food in our mouth, it is super important that we have the right lifestyle around our Mediterranean impact, okay? This is what's going to give you the most bang for your buck. But also from the fact that this style of living is very phytoestrogen food rich, green leafy veg, yeah? You've got, as a dietary strategy, it's super solid when it comes to female health because we've got things in there like flax seeds, legumes, different fruits and veggies, and even dark chocolate, which have all been shown to contain high volumes of phytoestrogen foods. I know as a disclaimer, it's not going to be the diet strategy for everyone and not every woman can tolerate these high phytoestrogen foods. So please be aware of what is right for you and your body. But generally, this is a very solid foundation. We also want to think about things like the impacts. Let's jump into stress because this, this is another big one, actually, that has just come into my head purely because I do support my women predominantly through stress management every single day. So when we think about what stress does to the body, we're all aware that it's not great. Yeah, we, we know when we feel stressed because it doesn't feel nice. We're, we're not in a great place, are we, when we're super stressed? But this is also partly to do with what it does within our body that suppresses. Okay, so as cortisol goes up in our body, estrogens go down. And as cortisol goes down, our estrogens increase. This directly helps our brain. So being able to stress manage is so vital, not just for your brain health, but for your happiness as well. Yeah, because that 
Healthy brain is a happy brain. Happy brain is a healthy brain. I need you to be fully aware that it's not cool to sit in a stress bucket. Okay, super important that you recognize and if you are feeling the stress impacts that you appreciate and visualize that the more cortisol you're releasing over time and continuously releasing over time, the bigger impact it's going to have on your estrogen level. Let that one sink in. It's huge. So the more as well that we move in our day, let's talk about lifestyle and movement, and the less that we're sedentary, this supports our brain releasing things like GABA, serotonin, all these amazing endorphins and chemicals that lift our mood, that stimulate our heart, our bones, our muscles, our lungs. So much fun, right? So much fun. I don't want you sitting on your bottom being sedentary every day. So lifestyle is super important. And I'm going to drop my top tips for you for each of these in just a second. And then finally, we touched on the fact that sleep. Sleep is super important. And Lord above, how this is neglected by all of us, myself included, every single one of us, nobody's immune to this. We all neglect the amount of sleep that we actually need from time to time. Okay, so, you know, think about it when you're going away on holiday and we leave packing to the last minute thinking it's just going to take an hour And we're still there three hours later, finally falling into bed at 2am before the 4am alarm goes off before we have to leave for the airport. We've all done it. We still do it. We will continue to do it. Okay, but it, it does have a direct impact. And what have I told you that sleep is so brain protective because, well, it's just one reason, when we waken and we open our eyes to start our day, we build up a chemical or a neurotransmitter throughout the day called adenosine. And this increases your need for sleep and it builds that sleep pressure throughout the day. It's meant to happen. It's healthy. It's good. This helps to maintain that healthy sleep to wake homeostasis cycle. And when you do go to sleep, your little adenosine cleaners come into your brain. (laughs) And if you're anything like me, you visualize these tiny little cleaners coming into your head. And when we have stimulants such as caffeine, for example, we bring into the mix an adenosine blocker and this leads to us feeling less tired. So it's not that we actually are less tired, it's just the caffeine is such a stimulant to block the adenosine buildup, it's still happening, but it's just fibbing our brain and saying, no, no adenosine here, sorry, move on. But actually we are still just as tired, yeah, and that's where we can then have this impact and some of us, for example me, if I allow myself to go too long without recognizing my sleep pressure build up. If I'm working on something and I'm trying to just push through, I actually get very fidgety and I get fractious and I get agitated and I then can't calm down. So this becomes something we have to always be very aware of is if you think back for those of you that are parents and you think back to or have young children in your lives, When a toddler or a young child becomes overtired and they're overstimulated, it is so difficult to get them to switch off. Yeah, we need to be mindful of our sleep pressure and that sleep-wake homeostasis because it's healthy and it's important. So getting sleep is important for your brain to recover and repair each day. And it's free, so no need to be spending money on supplements or biohacking gadgets. I see you. Just honour your body and sleep, okay? There's a time and place for supplements. I'm not adverse to them. I do use them. Vitamin D, for example. 
and biohacking gadgets. I do love a biohacking gadget, but we don't necessarily need a lot of them and we certainly don't need them for sleep. We need to be able to support our brain. And when our brain is supported, ooh, it's amazing what happens. So if sleep is a challenge for you, please reach out to me and I can support you with this. Okay, if we can get you on a solid foundation, you are going to up-level your life, your health and your happiness vastly. Supporting your brain health is one of the most vital things that you will ever do for your health and your happiness. And a healthy brain is a happy brain and a happy brain is a healthy brain. So here's my five top tips to building and nurturing a healthy, happy brain. Are we ready? Pen and paper, off we go. Number one, nutrition. As discussed in your brain's fuel source section, feed it well, nourish it well, and treat it well. Plant-based Mediterranean style of living for menopause nutrition is one dietary strategy that I'm a massive fan of, and I teach, guide, and mentor my ladies whom I work with one-to-one. What we want to look at doing, okay, a couple of things that I can pull out for you that are really good low-hanging fruits that you can implement now is be mindful and aware of 20 to 30 grams of protein at each main meal. So if you are someone who predominantly feeds yourself on carbohydrates, I'm not here to tell you that that's good, bad, nor indifferent. It does not matter. It is energy for your body. It is glucose for your brain in those carbohydrates, okay? But you need a good solid 20 to 30 grams of protein at each main meal. So that would be your breakfast, lunch, and dinner if you are a three-meal eater. The reason being is that if you think about the body, we're one big protein. We need to repair and replenish. And you will do that through an amazing chemical response and cellular level network regeneration that happens when we have enough protein in our bodies. So please, ladies, that one. Second part, low-hanging fruit would be 35 to 40% of your total calories as healthy fats. Please, ladies in menopause, do not be going on to no-fat, low-fat diets, okay? Not, not, not on my watch, please. Super important, 35 to 40% of your total calories as healthy fats. You will thank me later. Everybody that starts with me working one-to-one within one week, they are like, I trusted you and I'm so glad I did. So embed it, implement it, listen to this. Check the show notes for a free download guide and that contains further details on all of this in my three steps to success proven formula called the reclamation formula. Okay, it is a weight loss download for menopause. However, I explain the three steps that we've just covered here. Okay, number two, lifestyle. Please be honest with yourself here. Do you move enough? Okay, I don't mean do you go out and do a marathon every day, but I mean do you move enough? Because sedentary lifestyles, and we have an episode on that, so go check it out, are detrimental and fatal for many women. Yes, you have a bottom. And you probably sit on that bottom a lot of the time. But how frequently are you sitting on it? Are you commuting to work in the car? Are you sitting at a desk for around eight hours? Are you going to the bathroom frequently? Are you in front of the television late at night? Give gratitude for your mobility, please. And if you have it, use those beautiful and amazing legs that you have been gifted. If you do not have your mobility through your legs, but you have it for your upper body, then use it, get active and move throughout the day. You do not understand how important it is. I operate a 10 minutes is better than no minutes, non-negotiable with all my one-to-one ladies. 
And we split their movement goals into manageable chunks each day. This is part of our lifestyle pillar. You don't have to carve one to two hours a day to go all in and do exercise on one big massive burst. Okay, just move, walk and talk, stand when working, park the car further away, get off the train or the bus, uh, stop earlier and take some steps for health. Yeah, super important. Allow your brain to think rather than autopilot and wanting to park right at the front door. Let's get you out of this mindlessness and into mindfulness a bit more. Number three, mind practices such as breath work are way more powerful than you can ever realize until you start doing them frequently and you will feel it, you will see it and you will experience the vast benefits of it. You can start by doing a halo active style of breath where you simply breathe in through the nose and you fill your lungs. Then breathe out through the mouth for a longer out breath than you've taken in and repeat that process around six breaths. Number four, sleep. Create a bedtime routine and stick to it this week. Okay, you'll thank me later. If you need help with what it looks like, just DM me over on my Instagram and I'll send you some information. Number five, stress management. It's not cool to be stressed, so stop allowing it to be and thinking that it's just the way things have to be. Always choice. Okay, if work is causing you anxiety or stress, if family dynamics are causing you upset and sadness, if menopause is creating triggers for all the things, only you can make the choice to say no more. Only you can stop the hamster wheel of the Monday to Friday nine to five mentality of the no lunch breaks of the I'm just going to answer one more email. I'm just going to take this one more phone call. I'm just going to allow this person to eat into my weekend. The self-neglect of what you want and need Okay, the lacking of your self-cares. This is important. And I know for some of you, this might trigger and it might feel stingy. Seems to be something I drop into every episode is a bit of a sting, isn't it? But I want the best for you. And I do this in a very loving, hands out, wrapped around you, place of compassion and love. You only get to feel what you allow yourself to feel. And that can be stress or it can be, I'm fully feeling in a very strong and compassionate space and you're never alone with it. Okay, we're here to help you. So never feel alone. You just reach out and ask for that help. It could not be simpler. If you're unsure with any of these five steps, what you need to do is what we're here for. Just reach out, support at adelejohnstoncoaching.com or DM me over on one of my social media profiles. So number one, nutrition. Number two, lifestyle. Number three, mind practices. Number four, sleep. And number five, stress management. Super important. I hope you're hearing me. So are you ready to step forward and up-level your brain health and happiness? That's my question to you from this episode. DM me or email me with Adele, I'm ready. And we can have a chat about what that might look like for you if you're unsure. And if you know what to do, you go ahead and get on with it right now. Now, I said at the start of this that if you stayed until the end, I had an invitation for you. So here it is. And with it being Menopause Awareness Week this week, I've decided to launch our Reclaim You self-study program with a bonus module, giving you five modules instead of four and a huge, big, massive discount. So instead of it being £249 one-off purchase for lifetime access, it's a tiny, tiny price of just £97 one-off purchase. 
but only until the 31st of October 22. So you can go and click the show notes for access to the huge discounted price and learn more about how you can self-implement my proven reclamation formula for just £97. That is it. You're going to learn everything you need to know within these five modules. Okay, your brain health is so important. Nutrition, lifestyle and mind steps to success are contained inside the Reclaim You self-study. So if you do nothing else after this, get to work on understanding where you're falling short and purchase at that huge discount. The five modules that you can forever hold on to, you can forever learn from and have these foundations strong for a lifetime lasting time frame. You deserve this. So thank you for being here today for all the up levels you're about to make in your own health and happiness. You are a beautiful soul and I'm proud of you and I'm proud of us. I truly hope this episode has sparked something vibrant inside of you. I ask only one thing, to help keep these episodes coming, please subscribe and share with another in your life. That's how we reach more women worldwide and we help them step into their power because together we are working to remove any of the stigma and taboo that surrounds menopause. This does not need to be a daunting, a scary, a taboo time in anyone's life. So together, let's make menopause mainstream.